This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of and it's a good morning to all the listeners out there thanks for joining us again for uh this episode of the Doc and Guru podcast. I'm flying solo on this one because the Doc is really running flat out on the very exciting Marketer of the Year awards. And I'm sure many of you have been listening and participating in that. So apologies from the Doc and apologies to our guest today, Gary Whitaker, who is the CEO of the BRC, the Broadcast Research Council, um, that the Doc is not here to greet you. Gary, nice to have you on the show. Thanks, Gordon. It's great to be on the show, and no apologies are needed. Always happy <laughs> to chat with you. No, it's great, man. You know, the uh, the marker of the year awards is something we've been really locked into, and, and I'm finding the whole rollout uh, to be fascinating. And the insights from top marketers in the country always going to be of value to to everybody, including myself and all the listeners. But more importantly, today um, we are awaiting with eager anticipation the uh the launch of the, of the new rams um radio audience measurement survey um because you have made an appointment so take us through that i mean you've made an appointment and rams after a sabbatical of how long gary is that 12 months more or less uh yeah roughly 12 months our yes. last release was a, a q and release last year Yes, that's right. Okay, so we kind of we're in limbo on that one, which has been tough, I think, for the for our radio colleagues. Um, but they've done very well, many of them, in in producing sort of parallel insights. But the big breakthrough, Gary, um, you know, looking at at, at you know, the launch information as well, is that we're talking about you know Rams being made future ready, and the implications of future ready are huge. So what what in your mind is, what does future ready mean when we talk about researching radio? And I'm going to come back to that because we're not just researching radio. What, what does future ready mean? What are the implications? 
Yeah, uh, so it's a, it's a very good question, Gordon. Um, I think Future Ready, well, I believe Future Ready encompasses a wide uh, variety of uh, scenarios. So Future Ready in that we want our currency to be as inclusive as possible. Uh, we want our currency never, ever to be at the mercy of an outside force factor, whatever it may be, like a pandemic or anything else for that matter. Uh, so ensuring that the currency can always deliver data as you know, it's the bread and butter of uh, the broadcasters and it's the bread and butter of the media agencies and their advertisers and the return on investment that they need to uh, show to various shareholders, stakeholders, uh, reports within their own businesses. So data is is always paramount and it should always be on hand, especially for a currency which is held to uh, a far higher uh, degree in terms of accuracy than any other piece of, of research. So with, with the new RAMs and in terms of the brief that went out in terms of the RFP, uh, those were the two main factors that we were looking at, inclusivity and inclusivity across the board. Inclusivity in terms of the stations that get measured, but also inclusivity in terms of uh, the suppliers that carry out the research. So although Ipsos has been appointed, there was a stipulation that 30% of the contract should be uh, given to a local entity in some way, shape, or form, so that we're promoting transformation in terms of market research, whether it be the actual research or the tech that's used. Uh, we want to develop local expertise uh, in the South African market. So th that's that's the one aspect. The next aspect is future ready in terms of how do we bring radio measurement back in line with the other forms of measurement that are out there currently. So if I take TAMS as an example, you have a, a panel of households and the data is live and it's on a second by second uh, recording basis. Uh, if you take digital, for example, you, you get very granular with uh, you know, your, your return on investment on your campaigns and the analytics and um, you're able to pull a wide variety of data points uh, you know, and, you, and you can work with the data as and when, when you please. So with RAMS, historically, with the paper diary that we've had, that, that's been manual. And with the pandemic uh, coming into place, it's, it's a face-to-face -face methodology. So we could no longer conduct interviews, whether we liked it or not. And I suppose the pandemic, the, the positive was that it accelerated what we felt we needed to do in terms of the currency. So uh, one of those things being moving away from a face-to-face -face method and incorporating uh, CATI, so computer-aided telephonic interviews, but also incorporating uh, online methods, so a, a pa passive listening panel. So, you know, if we ever were in a situation where we all had to be locked up in our, our homes again, we'd still be able to phone respondents. We'd still be able to measure passive listening. And that's really at the heart of, of the currency. And the currency is uh, where we're going with it. Uh, and this future ready term that we use, it's it's about thinking, well, where are we going to, where are we going to be five years from now? Where are we going to be 10 years from now? And all indications are that listenerships is moving to uh, streaming online podcasts. 
Uh, but linear still has a major part to play, and we have to capture them both. And I suppose that's why we have two parts to the to the study: the, the catty portion, which could exist as, as a currency on its own, and then the passive listening panel, which could sit as its own entity too. And the beauty of the, the currency going forward is we'll be able to fuse these two parts to make one coherent, comprehensive currency that incorporates every single radio station in South Africa, whether it be commercial or community. Yeah, I mean, you've raised a number of points there, um, which are really critical, some of them technical, we're going to revisit some of those. So we just need to backtrack a bit and explain the difference between CAPI and, and CATI and things like that. But one yeah. of the key points you, you, you raised there was the issue of linear versus nonlinear listing. And I'm going to ask you in a moment to unpack that. But it's a point I've been trying to make for a long, long time. Ironically, when it comes to media planning, the last place you should start is by you know examining the medium itself. You need to examine the human behavior because media consumption is really uh, human behavior. So measuring listening is really critical as a behavior. Listenership is a very limited interpretation of, of listening as a behavior. So I, I'm, I'm really pleased that you know, you're talking about a more holistic approach. And we, I mean, we've seen this approach being adopted in 2016 by the PRC, who took the view that, you know, again, you have to measure reading as a behavior, not readership, which tended to be associated with one format. So in your mind, let's just take a step back and unpack some of those thoughts. Um, linear versus non-linear listening. I mean, I haven't heard that phrase applied uh, to listening per se. We get it in television. Um, what are the implications of non-linear? Uh, you know, I mean, are we, are we including things like podcasts in there, for instance, which, which would I would imagine is a non-linear listening event? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I suppose I'll take a step back. Uh, you know, when, when we talk about non-linear and linear, I feel we almost have to make a move away from even talking about linear versus non-linear. We have to make a move away from talking about measuring radio we have to move into a space of measuring audio. And with the new currency, that, that, that's really at the heart of what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to measure audio. And when you think of audio, that's all-encompassing. Um, and the study and the way that it's built now, it's at a base level. Uh, because when you talk about audio, you could argue that you could then measure television via audio. Oh, absolutely, uh, yes. Yes. So... So we're at a base level where we have that capability with the study and with the, the tech that's going to be implemented by, by Ipsos. Um, and yet to answer your, your question more explicitly, we are going to measure all forms of audio. So whether it is online or offline, whether you are listening to your radio in your car, in your home, whether you're listening to it via your cell phone, via your laptop, via any other kind of connected means, your TV, we, we're going to measure it. Um, but I must put a disclaimer in, in terms of podcasting, we can measure that to a degree. In terms of getting more granular, so actually delving into the various platforms, that's going to take some development because there, there, there are a number of uh, uh, kind of check marks that we have to make with different suppliers of podcasting services. And it's not that simple just to delve into their inner workings and be able to see what our respondents are 
listening to it at, at a granular level, you know, if you're talking about it was this actual podcast yeah. to, for this number of seconds, they then performed this action after listening to the podcast. That's that's the the ultimate, you know, vision of where we want to get to. And, and we're, we built in that type of um, development on the currency. But to start off with, at a broad level, we will be measuring podcasting, for example. In terms of streaming, absolutely. Every single uh, radio station uh, that is going to participate, for example, in the passive listening panel, uh, if they're running podcasts, if they're streaming, etc., cetera, uh, they will be included at that level and we'll be able to measure exactly what is consumed, for lack of a better word, or what yeah. is listened to. Yeah, and I, th- and I think, you know, those points you've raised are, are very consistent with the World Federation of Advertisers orientation, what they call in their North Star, which is cross-media measurement and the aggregation of, you know, listening, viewing, reading, whatever, into consistent format. So you can get a holistic and collective view of of that you know particular communication channel. But let's take a step back now because um, there are massive uh, technical implications in uh, abandoning the old diary method, which has been around. Uh, for an awful long period of time, um, some of the things will remain the same. So you're still going to be working with you know 15 minute slots or average quarter hour slots. But yep. I, I'm not sad to see the diary go because, to be quite honest with you, I mean I think the average Rams diary release was about as interesting and and, and immovable as Margaret Thatcher's hairdo towards the end. Honestly, <laughs> I just nothing happened. There was a there was an over reliance on reliability and look at us look how reliable the data is nothing has changed it seems to me yeah. are you signaling much more of a uh, an intention to measure radio as a, as a as a creative kind of energy force as much as anything else and what i'm also liking about the new method which is you're going to talk about now the catty telephonic interviews and passive uh, meters is is the implication of collecting information on a monthly basis one of the limitations with with radio in reporting uh, uh, into attribution models is, you know, you plan in a data set. It's a diary that's released over a period of time, quarterly or six monthly or annual, whichever one you're using. And then when you post campaign, you have to post campaign in the same uh, the same data. So there's never a shift in the audience. But if you're tracking data now on a monthly basis, that would imply that if I plan in April for a campaign in June. I can actually now measure my campaign output um, real time. So I've got a much better post-campaign analysis angle. So I'm going to leave you to unpack those thoughts now for a while. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Yeah, um, and yeah, your, your, your thinking is absolutely correct. And in terms of uh, the historical nature of RAMs, yeah, there, there, there are a number. There are always a number of things that came up for us that never really sat well. So, um, as an example, you know, if listenership goes up, great. If listenership goes down, well, why? And we we're always left inferring in terms of the why. We could never really nail down why a decrease has happened and why it's happened over mm. a number of releases, or maybe it's happened in one release and then gone up. No, there are various iterations. Um, with the new currency, and especially with the panel, uh, there's nothing to stop us 
recontacting respondents and actually delving deep into why is a listenership going down. And at a station level, um, that's vitally important because the station can then uh, provide what's, what their consumers want, what their listeners want. Is it content-related? Is it um, music-related? Is it DJ-related? Is it podcasting? You know, we'll, we'll be able to get a, a, a real grip on that. And, you know, also in terms of the, the seven-day diary, th- there is huge reliance on respondents uh, keeping up their end of the bargain. And I'm not saying that they don't keep up their end of the bargain. It's just that we can't really tell if who is and who isn't. And when I say keep up their end of the bargain, it means if I'm a respondent and someone's dropping a seven-day diary at my home and I'm going to fill it out, am I going to fill it out every single day religiously and note that, oh, okay, I've just listened to that radio station, I, I better fill it in on, on my diary? Or are there people who, you know, leave it till the end of the week and then fill it out? And, you know, that's not entirely wrong. However, one would argue that there, there's certain biases that come to the fore then because, you know, top of mind, uh, always is going to be the main station that you listen to. But, you know, we found that many people have a repertoire of stations and then are smaller stations missing out or mid-tier stations missing out on on listenership. And one would argue that they are. And in terms of Catty as, as a starting point, um, there it's, it, it's a day after recall methodology. So you, as a respondent, you, you won't have to recall what's happened in the last seven days. You'll have to recall what you listened to yesterday. Again, this market research is never 100% perfect science, but we're trying to get to that perfect science and we're trying to improve and we'll continue to try and improve as we go along. So although the contract is for a five-year period, we're by no means setting hard and fast rules that can't be broken for five years. This is a, a real uh, learning uh, iterative process where we're wanting to continually improve. And you touched on uh, monthly releases and, and that's that's what we're intending to do now. But eventually we want to be able to get to daily releases and certainly on the the passive listening panel, uh, you know that's that, that's live data that's recording every second. Um, and ideally, we want to get to a point where we'll have live dashboards where any you know any user can log in and see how a station is doing on a second by second, minute by minute basis. And you know that's very, that's crucial when you for when you're looking at particular events, particular changes. Uh, to to shows or implementing something new into the market, uh, definitely the stations will be able to track yeah. exactly what is going on. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that that's a huge development it's, and very very positive. I mean, at the end of the day, just to quickly recap for for some of our listeners, Catty computer aided telephone or telephonic interview as opposed to Cappy, which is the uh, personal interview. So. Uh, the, the face-to-face component of it disappears. But yeah, I mean, I think you, you're absolutely right. And again, just to recap here, it's something you and I have chatted about. You know, The fact that we're embracing new or you're embracing new ways forward does not imply that the previous things were wrong. They were cutting edge for their time, but times absolutely. have over, overhauled them. So it's not a judgmental thing. It, it really is just an improvement. But yeah, you're quite right. I mean, Trying to remember, you know, on a daily basis for a week, you know, in 15-minute slots. I mean, as the archetypal radio man, you know, Stan Katz always says, you know, I, I can't remember half the time whether it's Monday or Moscow. So <laughs> it is not possible to to complete a diary with any degree of uh, 
of real detail. But what I'm quite excited about this, and it's something I've lamented for a while from the radio industry, is the absence of the radio advertising bureau. So, and the BRC's mandate is very clear. It's research driven. Uh, and yet more and more, you know, chatting to my, my colleagues in radio, they're under the cosh because the data is not providing the sort of qualitative insights which you know um, are, are used for strategic planning but this kind of approach i think is going to unleash a whole set of parallel insights almost the unintended benefit if you wish uh, rather than consequence of going this way we're going to get new ways of looking at old stuff absolutely um and and what's even more exciting is uh the, the i suppose the two i don't want to say two phases but the two parts of the study and their ability to stand alone as currencies in their own right and then being able to fuse them together to get more granular insights and to really delve deep into, into radio data. And I don't want to say bring it, you know, into the, the here and now. It's, again, you know, geared to well, what, what's coming. And, again, talking about recall on, on, of um, respondents, in terms of uh, the passive panel i mean there that that's live recording of listening and it doesn't matter what device it's on it doesn't matter what time of day it is devices are recording exactly what respondents are listening to which is fantastic because they both both parts act as kind of like a check and balance so um you know if it if you feel like there is an anomaly in, in the catty section, you'll be able to look at the passive listening panel and see if the, you know, the same trend is occurring, which is fantastic. It's something that we've never been able to do before. And no one can, can argue that the, the passive listening panel is claimed data. It's not. It's, it's real live data. Whatever you listen to in a day will be recorded. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just quickly try and differentiate and, and help me out, Chad, the uh, the difference between streaming listening, which would be just sort of data capture or data flow, versus yep. a passive listening meter. How does the passive listening meter work? Uh, so yeah, just very basically. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it very basic. <laughs> it's quite a technical. Um, uh, well, this this is normally the part in the podcast where the doc starts glaring at me because I mean, <laughs> you know, I talk about rim waiting and things like that, but he's not yet. Yeah, so we can be free. <laughs> So uh, the product from Ipsos is called MediaCell, and they utilize MediaCell in a number of markets. Um, and they actually, they, they use it currently in the UK for Rajar. And uh, the way that it works is there, there are two things that you can do as a respondent. You can either use an application on your smartphone. So your, your smartphone has to be of a, a certain quality uh, to qualify or and this is great because it means we can get to the lower end of the market where people don't have smartphones you you'll, you'll have a device that you'll carry on your person right and the app listens or the the device that you carry on your person listens just as the app would yeah and, i mean you know that that that's amazing and so we bridge the smartphone thing or the increasingly yeah. the data is clear that even smartphones are penetrating deeper and deeper into uh uh, the bottom end of the SEM segmentation clusters. So that's yeah. not necessarily a barrier. 
Yeah, it's not a barrier yeah, at all. Yeah, just at one. All. Yeah, one of the things which really kind of encouraged me because I, I'm not. I don't want to harp in the last couple of years, but we've, we've had a couple of dark times in the industry. But I was really excited to see the degree of collaboration. I mean, you had representation from Interalia, the AMF. We had the MR, even the MRF, which is good. But more importantly, the MDDA, uh, Media Development and Diversity Agency, and the NCRF, the National Community Radio Forum. So I think that sends a very good signal to the industry about bona fides in, in the broadcast sector, um, and, and particularly community radio. So just are there still reassurances now with this new methodology that it's going to be more inclusive for community radio? Because that was a big concern. The footprint on the diary just simply wasn't big enough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the mandate of the, the BRC uh, now and going forward is collaboration and collaboration in all aspects of, of what we do as a joint industry council. So in terms of the, the radio currency, it's inclusivity of community and commercial. At a broader level, uh, it's collaboration and inclusivity across all the JICs. So we very much want to collaborate with the likes of the PRC, uh, the MRF, uh, outdoor, the outdoor measurement guys, IAB, etc. The more collaboration, the better, because it means that the industry prospers. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to you know, go back to a scenario where one jet takes over everything. Everybody does what they need to do. It's about coming together and having oversight. And having inputs, so you know you include the AMF and the MRF yeah. in that too. Yeah, no, fantastic. I mean, it really is a great development. And I mean, coming back to the PRC, I mean, one of the best examples of collaboration and data fusion, which seems to be a critical point going forward, is the Fusion 2020 study. So we have got uh, the collaboration between the BRC, the PRC, Nielsen. We've got PAMS. We've got TAMS, we've got the Nielsen CPS and their digital consumer survey all fused together in Fusion 2020. So that's yeah. a very rich offering from that collective set, which we couldn't have had beforehand. Um, is there any opportunity for RAMS or any intention for RAMS to be fused into that uh, Fusion 2020 data set? Because if there is a limitation, it would just be the absence of, of uh, listening and, and radio stations. Yeah, absolutely. The, the vision is to incorporate RAMs mo most definitely because, and, and I, I suppose next steps also would be to look at um, the outdoor data, to look at IB, to look at all, even, even maps. Um, we, we're wanting to have a fully comprehensive fusion where the market is comfortable that, you know, they, they have a, a segmentation like they used to have in the old days, uh, like in AMPS, but uh, far more refined, everybody doing uh, their own pieces and coming together and collaborating. So, yeah, definitely uh, the vision is to have RAMs incorporated. Yeah, and, and you've mentioned MAPS, so that's good. We, we've dealt with that. And, and you also talked about segmentation. And, I mean, I've been chatting with uh, the MRF team as well, and I think there's a common recognition that just as LSMs required change and became SEM, um, so SEMs will require to evolve. I mean, there are a number of points on which it can be improved. But the key thing is that segmentation model, um, from the day it was designed at the back end of the 80s, was literally designed to change, you know, 
initially for the first five years of LSMs, they would they changed every single year. So I think yeah. there'll be all sorts of uh, parallel spin-offs, not least of all in in once again bringing ourselves back to the table for a, for a common segmentation tool. That will really be a, a crackerjack outcome. Gary, I mean, I, I'm I'm a big fan of your website because it's really well constructed and there's lots of downloadable sweeties for for people who like stuff can you just maybe give us a our listeners a kind of the route through what's the easy way to get hold of you guys on the brc yeah so i suppose the the easiest would be to visit the website all our contact details are, are on the website and as you said there there are a number of uh downloads presentations past presentations pr releases etc uh, so it's uh, brcsa.org.za. And as I said, all our, our numbers, contact details are, are on there. And we're always open to collaborate, communicate, uh, set up, you know, meetings to discuss really anything related to uh, broadcast research or anything that maybe, you know, would be of interest to the broadcasters in terms of a collaboration that we haven't thought about. Fantastic. And, and talking about collaboration, I mean, I'm going to, you've raised the issue of Ipsos and the, and the sort of inclusion of, of local businesses in the rollout of RAM. So I'm certainly going to be having them on to talk about that, because if we have a passion on this podcast, it is about inclusivity and sustainable development within the industry. One last question as we get to wrap up time. Um, obviously, there's also a, a very big apple on the tree that we're looking forward to over and above rams which is the evolution for lack of a better phrase uh, of the new establishment survey when yeah. can we expect some sort of guidelines on next steps in that regard because that's still got to go out to to tender doesn't it yeah that, that that's absolutely correct gordon uh so during the course of this month we will be appointing a pitch consultant to help us with the rfp and hoping to get the RFP running Q2 this year with an appointment near the end of Q2. And I know that's um, <laughs> that's pro possibly seen as a big ask, but in terms of what we did with the radio RFP and how intense and all-encompassing that process was, we got it done in um, pretty much a three-month period, which, you know, I think when we, when we started it, uh, there were a lot of, eyebrows raised, you know, whether we could achieve that or not. But when you put your mind to something and it's needed, you get it done. So, yeah, as a rough guideline, we're, we're looking to have uh, an appointment made at least by Q2, end of Q2 2020. Fantastic. Uh, that, that's something to look forward to. And, of course, just bringing it back to uh, our closing observations on RAMS, uh, that data you're hoping to have out at the end of quarter two in 2021, so sort of what, May, June-ish or so? Somewhere around June, there? Yeah, more towards June. More towards June. Okay, that's fantastic. And then I guess just a kind of a spoiler alert on this one to anybody. Um, there's one thing we have in this industry is a passion for is trending. So given the changes in methodology, anybody out there who's hoping to trend this, I'm assuming um, that ain't going to happen. You can't trend this. This is a brand new benchmark and a new line in the sand. You've got to start. So this is year one, 2021. Year one, absolutely. listening, start again. Yep, this is this is an absolute fresh approach. It's it you know you wouldn't be able to make any lines of uh, similarity between the past uh, study to the study that we're we're undertaking now. 
Gary, that was great having you on the show, and thank you for that that last clarification as well, because I think we live in a quantum society, and if you think you can trend South Africa any more than you can trend radio, then you really need to go and you know look at the news, read the news, listen to the news somehow, because yeah. there's no trending in this market. Gary, it was great having you on the show. I really appreciate it, and looking forward to chatting to you in a couple of months' time about the outcome of Rams, but well done you, and and in particular, well done, I think, from the doc and myself and everybody out there for, for creating this kind of mood of collaboration. Again, it really is an encouraging step in the right direction. Thank you very much, Gordon. I appreciate the kind sentiments and I appreciate you having me on your wonderful show. Take care and thanks to all the listeners out there. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to having the doc on the show next week to keep me under control. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Matez. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media, and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo, and we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.